welcome each of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've titled my message this morning, Chairs or People? Sorry, Doug, you might have heard this message before. Doug and Rose are from my home congregation, so um, I actually preached this message. I adapted it a little bit different than what, it, what I had preached then, but um, at home a couple years ago, but anyway. So um, those of, or at home by now, people know that, that I have to have a little bit of audience interaction when I preach. So I'm going to be asking a few questions here in a minute as we think about chairs. So what do chairs have to do with people? And uh, just a little bit of random facts about chairs. Okay, before I get started here, I actually got this idea from Gary Miller in Beside the Still Waters. He had a devotional long time ago about this, and so that's kind of where I got the idea. I'll give credit to him. So how long have chairs been around? Historians think that chairs have been around for about 5,000 years, so almost the, since creation. Um, and so, so if Adam lived 930 years, you know, maybe almost at the end of his life. So the, supposedly the Egyptians first used them for thrones approximately 3100 BC, so way back then. And the design has really not changed that much since then. But here's an interesting thing. Most commoners like you and me, the peasants, didn't get to use them until after the Renaissance, which was two to 300 years ago. So it's only been in the last several hundred years that we really use chairs like we use them today. Now, I'd like to read a few, um, start here with reading Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8. Um, a familiar portion of scriptures, and maybe you'll figure out a little bit where I'm going here with this. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. So chairs are people. Okay, my first question here is, what are some different types of chairs that we use? Okay, recliners? Lawn chairs? Dining room chairs? Rocking chairs? High chairs? Okay, desk or office chair. 
I was going to say, you're at, at Hillcrest. Come on, you got to say wheelchair. Okay, and, and then, yeah, you've got most of the ones that I had written down as well. One of the other um, ones that I thought about was thrones. If we think about a big, elaborate throne, that is actually how the chairs started. Okay, now, think with me a little bit. I'm going to take this chair out of So what are some characteristics of chairs? Set it up here so we can see it. And most of you are sitting on, all of you are sitting on one. What are some characteristics of chairs? Does anyone have any ideas? I know I sort of caught you off guard on this one. Speak up. I can't hear you until you start talking. Okay, they have legs that are... And we don't have to worry about that they're going to fall down, right? What were you going to say? Okay, that's, that's a, a great characteristic, okay? What, what are some other characteristics of chairs? Okay, that's, that's true. Some of them make out into a bed. Like, like a... a a lazy boy or whatever, you can lay it back. Well, here are some characteristics of chairs that I've thought about. So we tend not to notice them unless they either squeak or fall apart when we're using them. I mean, that's about the only time that I really think about noticing them. Also, another characteristic of a chair that I thought about is that they stay where they're put, on, and you don't have to go looking for them. They're, they stay there until we go get them again. Like, thinking especially of like a folding chair, we put it up, put it into the closet until we need it, right? They stay where they're put. You don't have to go looking for them when we need them. Another thing is that they are strong and dependable. You don't wonder if they're going to fall down when you sit on them. And another one, they quietly do their job without calling attention to themselves. And then they are, another one is that they are inherently useful. Think of how often you've used one in the last week. How often have you used a different type of chair this last week? Probably lots of times. Okay, so as we think about that now, chairs or people. So what are some characteristics as we think about chairs of true service-minded Christians? And I'm talking to myself more than anyone else. Characteristics of true service-minded Christians. First one I put down is that they believe and are grounded on God's word. Joshua 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, then that, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So the only way to succeed, it's kind of like the legs um, or the feet and the legs of a chair. If you, We have to be grounded on God's word. If you want to have success, you have to be grounded on God's word. And then... They're built on faith. Hebrews 10, verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. So it's kind of like the belief that when we sit down, the chair will hold us up. That's, that's the characteristic of a true service-minded Christian. And then another one I have is you put God's will first. Mark 3, verse 35, it says, For whoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother, my sister, and my mother. So this was Jesus talking, and he said, that's, that's my, that's my 
um, fellow heirs. It's my brother, my sister, my mother, those that do the will of God. So we could say it fulfills um, the purpose of whoever created it. You don't notice a, a chair. Okay, so a dining room chair, you don't see it saying, I really would like to be a lazy boy. Why am I not a lazy boy? I need to be that. Um, it just stays there and does the purpose that, that of whoever created it. And then um, it supports authority. You want to be a service-minded Christian, you support authority. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 10 and 11. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no man despise him. The chair doesn't whine about who's using it or why it's a chair. And then um, some more characteristics of a service-minded Christian. It encourages others. Hebrews 12, verses 12 and 13. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So it realizes that part of our mission here on earth is to encourage and help others. Another, th- another characteristic of a, of a true Christian is you don't think everything is about yourself. And John alluded to this a little bit about, you know, thinking more about God's story, not always just about my story. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You don't think everything is about yourself. And then you think outside the walls of your little circle. And most of you, if you're here volunteering, you have done that. Think about outside the walls of your little circle. Acts 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So think outside your little sphere. Okay. And then I just wrote down some verses here about service and about what God has called us to. As we think about chairs, as we think about doing um, what God has called us to without making a lot of fuss. Ephesians 6, verse 7, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Galatians 5, verse 13, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Another very familiar verse, Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, I'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 25. If you turn with me, please. Matthew chapter 25. The last part of the chapter, it has an interesting account. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to the end. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, And he shall separate them, the one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous say, answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? 
And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he also say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not unto one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Notice that the righteous had no idea that they were doing that. They just said, that's just the way they were. I mean, they, they lived their lives and had their focus on Jesus and what they were supposed to do. So they, they didn't even know that they were doing these things. They just did it. And also the wicked didn't either. They, they thought they were maybe okay too, but they weren't doing um, their focus was on themselves and not on Jesus. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus saith unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So as we think about chairs, people, what are, what's the point here? Um, God has a purpose for each one of us. Sometimes we think that it would be really nice to be that ornate um, Egyptian or the, the, the throne that King Charles sits on or the one that Eliz Queen Elizabeth sat on for 60 years. You know, everybody sees that. It's nice. Everybody, it's lovely, it's pretty, and it's important. But maybe God, God has called us to be um, kind of like a wheelchair for that handicapped person or a rocking chair, similar to a rocking chair, for the busy mom that's worn out with all the um, children. Or maybe God has called us to be kind of like that easy, easy, lazy boy, easy chair, for someone who is worn out and needs to, somebody to talk to. Just, they have lots of things going on, and they just need you to sit there and listen and then encourage them. Or maybe God has called you to be kind of like that office chair that faithfully does its job um, the dining room chair faithfully does its job without squeaking or causing a fuss. Maybe it's maybe you think that God has called you just to be a plain old folding chair that folds out of sight until it's needed. But you know, all of them are useful. All of them are needed. All of them are useful. We need all of them. Again, if we think about all the different types of chairs we've used this last week, lots. All of them are useful. I would like to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. This is a little bit more focused toward church, but I think we can use it also as, as a thinking about Hillcrest and, and, and a unit here. I think we can use it wherever we are in life. He, Ephesians chapter Start reading in verse 1. I therefore, the prisoners of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called 
with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So notice there, that, that to me is kind of like this chair that doesn't cause any stress. You walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Um, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering. And then when we do that, in verse 3, you have unity and peace. Verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto each, to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Notice there's grace for whatever situation we find ourselves in. There's always grace available. It says, we are all given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Let's go down to verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. And we could put in there, in verse 11, we could put in, you know, people that are good at cleaning, people that are good at taking care of other people, people that are good at cooking. You could put in whatever you, wherever you are in life, you put in there. Verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and have the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. So in verse 16, we notice that, that the body or whatever, like, Think of it as, as Hillcrest Home. Um, that whole thing fits together when each one does his part. It says it's effectual, working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So, so all of it, if, if everyone does what they're supposed to do without causing a lot of fuss and squeaking, we could say, then all, everything works great and, 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 and brings glory to God. So one more quote from Gary Miller. Who cares about chairs? We all do. Let's stand for prayer.